You're listening to The Multiverse, Episode 1, The Hellfire Gala. Um, kind of following on the discussion from, from before about books that we're reading. So there is one book that absolutely captured my brain this past week. And that is the Hellfire Gala special. Um, you guys reading X-Men? Um, I'm not a current X-Men reader. But you have read but, it. But I got the Hellfire file Gala because of the George Perez variant cover. Okay. Uh, you know, and I've been a longtime X-Men fan, as you and I have spoken on many occasions. Once they got their own island and their own treehouse, some of that... Um, just became too much for me to keep up with. But I, after reading this, I feel like they're going to start slimming down, bringing it back in under more manageable so situations. When, when's the last time you were like, I'm reading X-Men, I'm getting it every month, hello, okay. high water? Okay, if you're talking about the last time I was passionate about the yes. X-Men, would have been... Josh Whedon's Astonishing okay, X Men, great book. Cassidy Art. You hated it. Okay, I hated um, it. And the only like it, it, I just don't like Josh Whedon's writing. Well, and at at the time I had no problem with it because the art was good. Um, I've never been. Ca- no, 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 it's, God, just, it's, it's funny. Say, God, I mean, c- well, compared I'm sorry, to, I'm going to stop shaking my head. No, People no, can't fine. see that. No, it's it's fine. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> Because some of what came before was just unre- unreadable schlock. Um, you know, the last bit of Claremont, and then he, you know, then we welcomed him back, and that was even that was even rougher. Um, so my era of X Men just really, yeah, my five was right around there, and then unfortunately, after they, you know, didn't know if the Kirby Estate was going to get. Their characters back, and they start, you know, making X Men into Inhumans or whatever they were bouncing over. We had Old Man Wolverine instead of real Wolverine, and all of that. There was this little small run of X Men at the right before Hickman took over, where Cyclops had lost an eye, and he had a visor going to shoot out once. Wolverine's back in his and. <laughs> Back in his '90s costume, or his brown costume. Oh, there was there was like all kinds of things where they were building. They were trying to pull the team back. The Cyclops had just come back from the dead, and I guess the editors were like, "Oh, Hickman and them are going to be doing something later. We don't care what they did." And that was better writing than anything I had seen in a long time. And then the Hickman stuff started, and I, I did, you know, House of X or Powers of Ten. Powers of Ten. And they just became too much. It was good, but there was the feeling like you've said before about feeling like I needed to read every single book to know what was going on. Um, That was just too. That was just too much. I enjoyed Marauders the first go around. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was very. That was very entertaining. Um, But I'm a classic X Men. Fan from yeah, you know, give me my X Men '94 through 300, and I'm I'm really good. And when right. Jim Lee showed up, that was interesting. But 
you have more positive things. Well, and and I, and and you've changed my mind on some of this current stuff. When uh, I'm trying to give it a go again. Okay, so you, you've actually set me up brilliantly there. So thank you. Oh. Because yeah, X Men, big X Men fan, going back forty years. Okay, so I came on the scene about halfway through Chris Claremont's run. And, Do you know your issue? Because I know my issue. Um, it was one... I want to say 164. It's the episode that introduces uh, Belasco and um, okay. Ileana uh, Rasputin and yep. Limbo and all that, all that good stuff. They've just had a scrap with Dracula. And... Um, She's off in that... Yeah, I don't think Burns been off the book for very long. Maybe Co- just a Cochran few months. would come back because it was the beginning of the Brood storyline, yeah, and then they right. dropped Dracula and all that. Uh, Brent Anderson, yes. I want to say. I think it's the artist on it. So what happened was, and there's the backstory here, but it's, it's, it's relevant for how I'm reacting to Hellfire Gala, is that... Um, so I started reading X-Men, got hooked pretty pretty quickly because like that was the this is 1982 I mean that was the it book um, and at the same time that I was getting this back in England same time as I'm getting the American monthlies Marvel UK is doing their weekly black and white publications as well and it was around about that time that they started X-Men weekly which started with um, the Lee Curb, it started with issue one. So I was reading, at the same time as I'm reading Claremont on, on X-Men, and we're about to go into Japan, we're about to go into the Wolverine miniseries and all that fun stuff. Um, at the same time as I'm reading that, I'm getting caught up on the nature of the franchise from the 1960s, Magneto, the Blob, the Vanisher, you know, um, Mimic, and all this kind of stuff. So, following this, I said in a in the earlier podcast episode, some characters, some some books, you've got wriggle room on. I think in terms of characterization, some you don't. I don't think you've got a lot of wriggle room with Superman or Captain America. I don't think you should. Uh, that's a debate, but that's my opinion. However, X-Men, you've got all the wriggle room you want in the world because as a book, it's a team book. You can pick and choose the characters that you want on there, uh, their circumstance, their motivation. You know, looking at what Claremont did. So he's taken over the book while, well, it's, it's a dead seller, so it doesn't matter what the hell he does with it. But they're still bound to, you know, you know, on a on a quiet street in Westchester County, New York, there stands this old house, and it's Xavier's School for the Gifted, and but nobody knows that you know there's miles and miles of tunnels and danger rooms and airplane hangars and stuff underneath. Um, so, and then it, it moves from that to um, Mutant Massacre. Now they're on the run, and then you've got Fall of the Mutants, and you've got Inferno, and you've got Australia, and you've got all these things. 
But, but the, the thing that made it really, really cool in my eyes, and I think one of the contributing factors as to why the X-Men was such a it book, apart from the fact that they had a really, really good writer, um, was also that X-Men is about the marginalized, the disenfranchised, the minority. And you don't even have to be in an established minority in order to feel a connection to that. It's anyone who's ever felt like they are outside of the norm. And being a comic book fan in the late 1970s, early 80s, that right there gave you uh, privilege to join that group. Because you kids today, it's all, you know, it's all established and part of the, the running of things. Back then, people had a very dim view well, uh, of, uh, of comic book readers. I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback on that for a minute. Because, go for it. You know, I remember you know, com comics being an unacceptable, not, not that they were accepted, they, it was an unacceptable hobby to have if you were going to school or something. Because mm -hmm. I remember seventh grade, so I am 54 years old. So what year is this? So, oh, God. Um, 80s. 81, 82, 83. Okay. Avengers 187. John Byrne. Okay. It's got um, Scarlet, the, the Scarlet Witch corrupted cover where they're all hanging upside down. Right. One to Gore Mountain. Yep, yep, yep. I have finished... Some assessment test that you had to take to see if you're going to be a garbage man or a computer programmer <laughs> or an assassin. Um, you know, so, sometimes they'd have the guy in the military waiting for you outside too. There's a few of my classmates that got to go do that, but it's always seventh grade. And you were told that once you were done with the test, you couldn't get up. You had to have something to do. Right. So I proudly brought a comic book, that comic book, and I am sitting there and I'm reading it. And um, Guy behind me, I still remember his name. I'm not going to say it so I won't get sued. Um, he's in jail now, and I laugh all the time because I know where his career started, and I knew he was going to end up there. Um, <laughs> saw the comic, snatched the comic from me, and um, pulled two of the pages out through the staple. Started making fun of me. How dare you. And as I am, this guy is much bigger than me, as I'm getting ready to um, be a bigger problem in class than I should have, the teacher, and I loved her to death. We, we, we remained close up until she died, but this one particular occasion, um, she told me that that was the whole reason I was going to go to hell <laughs> as I was reading this comic book. <laughs> and the answer was, well, I thought I was going to go to hell because I'm getting ready to murder this kid is what was coming out of my, out of my brain. Yeah. But... It is so much different now. And yes. if I could go back in time and tell 7th grade Scott that not only is your hobby going to be okay, and not only are you going to see varying qualities of the properties on streaming, movies, sure. yeah. all of that. Pop culture. Yeah. That girls were going to enjoy it too. And my, yeah. you know, that, <laughs> that in itself. That was unthinkable. That, that, um but to talk about, uh, now I'm going to swing it back around to what my first X-Men comic was, because this is, this is where my standard for X-Men came from, was 138, the issue after Jean Grey died. Okay. So I got the issue that told me all I ever needed, the eulogy issue, told me all I ever needed to know. Right. And I was falling in love with the Cyclops character, and then he left at the end. Right. He walked off. And yep. 
then got Alpha Flight, Days of Future Past, and then backed up and found 137. First time I've seen a character die. Right. But I did relate to those characters because they had to hide. The big hitters knew who they were. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Cap, you know, Nick yeah. Fury, all of them knew, but the world didn't know. They showed up the scene, they might not know who they are, or they might be... I never understood why mutants would scare people, because I got some thunder god here, where, I mean, maybe he looked like a surfer, he's got a big hammer shooting lightning. I don't know why the, I don't know the guy with um, wings would scare me anymore, but that was... I get it. The guy with the claws probably scary. The demon guy that can he, is he invisible? Is he camouflaged? What is he? But that I've was my. Uh, I was gonna say I, that was that's where I got my X Men. And so when those went off the rails is when I lost interest in right. You know, which time traveling version of this is? But now I'm going to back up and let because you let you so eloquently continue. No, no, I, I'm I'm going to share my. You've you've that comic story is is eerily similar. Uh, to mine, um, probably about the same age, which was uh, school in England. Um, certain times, of the, they, the uh, physical education program changed depending on what time of the year it was. And some genius, some absolute genius in the British school system had, had the brilliant idea to say, you know what, when would be a really, really good time to have the kids go and do swimming lessons? Winter. Uh, you get or, in and out of the water faster. Absolutely. Or uh, cross-country running. Wintertime. Like when it's wet and muddy, that's the perfect time. Because we've got to make sure that uh, when it comes time for summer and clearer days, we're playing cricket, <laughs> which is a far less physical, exertive sport. And uh, anyway. so But we had swimming at a uh, leisure center. Um in, uh, uh, in, in the town that I grew up in. And I had a veruca, which is a type of fungal wart ah. that you get on your foot, and you get it from swimming pools, and you get it because someone will have a veruca and go swimming and say, oh, I don't care. And I thought so, that was the girl from uh, Willy Wonka. It is. That's, where, that's her veruca salt. That's, <laughs> veruca is a type of fungal wart. Look, look at what you're learning today, kids. I, know, I, know. I had no idea. Well, yeah. you got your comics, you got your fungal wards, all in one exactly. place. Exactly. Well, you can actually buy, I don't know if, they, if, it, if it actually works, but I know that like, they used to sell these like, really tight, form-fitting rubber socks that you would pull over your foot if you had it, because that way you could still go swimming. And it's just the idea of that is like, even worse. This, we're almost into a fetish thing here. Uh, anyway, oh, so, but one thing that having uh, Veruca, much like having asthma as a child, benefited me was it gave me a pretty damned good reason to get out of sports because I wasn't a sporty kid. I was a comic book fan and a role-playing game fan. So there I am at the swimming pool and uh, I'm, because uh, my um, stereotypical British PE teacher who had, you know, allusions uh, to um, goose-stepping uh, uh, leaders of the fatherland. Um, and, and he certainly had the, uh, the attitude to racial harmony uh, to, to go along with that. Um, he had this thing where 
if you couldn't participate in whatever the sport was, um, you had to sit close by so that you can watch everybody else. And I had visited uh, my newspaper shop early that morning because I had a job there. And I had the latest issue of um, Star Wars, the, the, the British Marvel UK reprints of, of Star Wars. Um, Return of the Jedi wasn't that long out, so they, so they, they named the comic book Return of the Jedi. But anyway, Star Wars comic, it was from Marvel UK. And uh, so yeah, that was me, like sneakily reading, I'm gonna read my Star Wars comic book. Cause you know, 1983, 1984, Star Wars. And um, I got noticed and I got yelled at and they tried to snatch it away from me and throw it in the pool and all this kind of stuff. So I, I, I can commiserate. Yeah. Um, but back to all things X, um, it's, you know, we can, we can empathize and we can uh, have a connection with Peter Parker as a teenager. Not so much when he gets a little older, but definitely when he was a when he was a teenager. Um, Captain America, you just admire, unless you've got anger issues. You don't really connect him with the Hulk. Um, Daredevil certainly ticks uh, any kind of disability box. Marvel always did a really good job of making these human characters that you can make a connection with, but you can definitely definitely make a connection with the X-Men as an idea because of that sense, that disconnect, you know, hated and feared by a world who blah, blah, blah. And you, you just wondered like, well, where does the fear come in? I always thought that the fear comes from the idea of having children who will not follow your path as an adult. And you could say, you know, maybe your parents are very academic and you're not. Or maybe your parents are very sporty and you like comic books. Maybe your parents are heterosexual and you're discovering that you're gay. Whatever it is, that's where that connection comes in, is that the, the adult world that you're surrounded by has a certain convention and you don't feel like you're fitting into that or you don't feel like you're fitting in with the conventions of your peers that makes you different. Yeah. And so the only thing in that instance, in that, with that point of view, that, that, that tenet, the only thing that's different between teenage Steven and the X-Men is superpowers. So, you know, <laughs> so it, claws, uh, bamf, uh, you know, steel skin, uh, walking through walls. Unfortunately, none of that. But the feeling of being an outsider, the feel of people not understanding yeah. uh, who you are or wanting to understand you. Um, you know, I was a, an American kid growing up in England. I, I can, I am very familiar you, with what you, hated and feared. You've checked a lot. I've checked you, a lot you've of checked boxes. You've checked a lot of boxes. That's uh, right. An American living in Britain who likes comics. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that... Uh, yeah, it's all... It's all... It's... You're CTD every day. You're circling the brain. One of my grandkids one time asked me why I was so tolerant about a lot of different things in life. You know, there, there's some things that'll get me fired up and some things I just don't give a damn about. And I was like... Oh, that's because I was a comic book collector in the 80s, yeah. sweetie. I mean, I was there, there were times I was running full steam down the hallway oh, trying to get away from, yep. you know. Um, and, uh, that's a whole other, you know, kids suck and bullies and all that. Back, back then, you know, your bullies, it's not, 
dealing with it now is different than back then. So uh, it is, and and I'm sorry for the two I clubbed with my tuba mouthpiece, but you shouldn't have pushed me. But uh, that's a, and then statute of limitation is over for that now. So we'll both burn in hell. No, what I mean is, I hope you buy all the comics <laughs> from us that you stole from me. I know we'll do that. But. Uh, Anyways, um, before we go down uh, Scott's therapy, uh, uh, this week, <laughs> it's just been um, a whole therapy session. A whole therapy yeah. session on this. But We're talking about the X Men. We are talking about the X Men. Um, but but so here, um, you know, bringing it full circle now to to Hellfire Gala, is that's what that's I think the reason why that book was so special, uh, not just to me but to so many. Um, it ticked a box that none of the other Marvel books does. Because you can be a mutant. You could be Scarlet Witch. You could be Quicksilver. You could be in the Avengers. Yeah, you could be Beast in the Avengers. Right. But your association, just the association with the Avengers, gives you the creditability. Creditability. Yeah. Credibility? Credibility. That's what I'm looking for. So it's kind of like, you know... I don't know, Paul Lind in Hollywood Squares, you know, it's, you know, people may have a very dim, aggressive, uh, uh, prejudicial view of gay people, but, but I love Paul Lind on Hollywood Squares. It, it's a popular show. He's got, he, you know, he, he's, he's okay. So, but for the X-Men, so I, brought, I brought Hollywood Squares up with my mother, who's 84, 85. Right. And we talked about Paul Lind. This day, she's like, oh, he wasn't gay. He was just funny. <laughs> he's, he's, just a, he's just a good comedian. I was like, Mom, I was, oh. I was, I, I, I was, I was seven and eight. I knew something was different. Something was very <laughs> that's, different that's with fun. this guy. And 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 Liberace. He yes, just, he was just a good Las Vegas piano player. That's right. He just he really liked to uh, um, wear rings. Yeah. He he just really yeah. liked exactly. Um, but yeah, so so that's the X Men. So to me, if you. If I need to, if somebody asks me, describe Superman. Okay, I can give you. Describe Captain America, Spider-Man, whatever, Batman, what have you. If you ask me to describe the X-Men, what I'm going to say to you is somewhat uh, in uh, simpatico with what I've just yeah. said. Okay. So, I'm I'm on board with that. Like they were the outsiders. Like the the whole thing. The the sum to sum that up. X-Men have always been the outsiders. Yes. Part of who they are is to be the outsiders. That said, I do love the idea of the X-Men taking over the world, just like the the geeks took over the world in all of media and like all the all the big movies were our movies, yeah. all the you know, I think there's something to be said of we won in the end. And they the X-Men oh, sort of did. Boy. That's yes. Now you know. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Hickman did. Hickman did show up and go. The people you despise and fear. We've just showed up to solve all of your problems. Right. We, we're curing this. We're doing that, and we're going to be watching you. Which, unfortunately, does reinforce that all. And there you need some... to be feared. You need to be. But it. I get what you're saying too, Jason. Yeah. Is that it's. It. It is. Oh, we made the finish line. Um, and there were some good stories. Like House of X, Powers of Ten, I thought was just yeah. brilliant. It was just brilliantly written. Well, those starting off points were great. And then even in the, the X-Men series, like there's a there's I think it's like number 17, maybe, of, of that of Hickman's run. Um, they're they're sort of like at this at this uh, like UN dinner or something. Right. And um, Two characters, uh, I think it's Cyclops and somebody else. 
they're sort of down the bowels of the building I, doing I something. Exactly yeah. And you've got um, you've got Magneto and Professor X having this dinner while they're doing something, and they've got so much power that while they're having dinner, they're like running interference and like. Divert, like, diverting threats, diverting threats yep. for the, these other guys because the whole thing was an ambush, right. and they're shutting it all down just while they're cutting their steak. And oh, then eventually, yeah. Magneto has this this rant that he goes on that says, "You think you know what's happening, but while I'm enjoying this very fine steak, here's what else is going on." That's right. <laughs> and he just lays it all out. But the, but therein is therein is the problem is that. Um, so it's for my money as a consumer that's not the X-Men that I want to read yeah yeah. I don't have a problem with the success but it's not it's it's not real world in the real world you want those disenfranchised to be to win you want them to have agency. You want them to have a place where they can feel in the world, I'm safe, I'm established, I'm good. I'm not dealing with the prejudices, the hate, the, 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 the chains, what have you, of all the people who came before me, I'm good. In the comics, you don't want that. Unless, of course, it's Spider-Man, in which case... Yes, you do. you do because if anybody deserves it, it's Peter Parker. Or Peter but, Parker. That, but again, we, we won't go down that. I road. digress. We, I digress. But with the X Men, it kind of loses something. You can't be the cool outsiders if you're part of the establishment. Yeah. So, in a very long-winded way, I've I enjoyed House of X, Powers of Ten, great start. I love Jonathan Hickman's writing. I was fully on board with all the spin-off books, Krakoa, Green Lagoon, who wouldn't want to be drinking a Mai Tai mixed by the blob in the Green Lagoon? I love it. Marauders, we're pirates, Kate Pride. Okay, That's she's a grown. Great book. It's a but it's you know, hold fast, tattooed on the knuckles. Why not? Let's go for then it. Then it was Kilshaw. Yeah, then it was Kilshaw. That's right. <laughs> and and it's again, it's that wriggle room, you know. Um, now it's kind of the cool position to say what were they thinking of putting the X-Men in sexy leather? Well, I'll tell you what they were thinking. They were thinking, Grant Morrison has actually come onto this book and made it really cool again because most of the 90s, the X-Men was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, Marvel, you were, you, you, you were wrong on that one. Claremont's departure really did have an effect. Um, but, and I liked Bendis' run with the X-Men because it was kind of weird and I liked that X-Men is a book where you can be weird well and like I said the all the all-star X-Men wasn't <laughs> and that's what I think it was all new all, all new way X-Men. out whatever yeah, yeah. Like, DC's got all stars yeah <laughs> but for like for me for Bendis to follow that up after his Avengers it's almost a small decline because he's sure. taking his childhood X-Men which we all love that I, I remember Beast talking to Jean Grey and he's got her in the green outfit yeah. with the short. He's like, "That's always been my favorite Jean Grey outfit." And she's like, "What the hell? What's wrong with you?" Right, right. Um, and who's whose outfit? You know, it, it was all of ours favorite outfit. It, and that was more that was, the Bendis discussion was more about his 
career as a fixer kind of declining because with that young X-Men, once he lost his attention on it, that story, that whole group went out of control because you had to rename the characters, put them in different costumes. Right. It was interesting to see young Cyclops talking to old Cyclops and kind of going, you're a dick. And he's like, you have no idea. That That's right, right. fun. But my criticism of that is just there's a time when we were talking about Claremont went through it. Yeah. It's you have a story to tell, and you have right. so many years yes. to tell it. Burn, you had a story to tell. You had so many years. Some of some some of you people have longer. Some people have shorter. Right. Bendis, you're in the Marvel universe, and you were the fixer for a long time. Not that you're not a good writer now, but those stories don't hit anymore like they used to. So when you went to DC to try to be the fixer, I don't know who interfered with you. You suddenly look like I wrote the script. John's for the longest time. What's sorry, we're talking about X Men, but this is just important. John's was the fixer for DC for the longest time. This is true. It went every every goat that shows up, writer wise, or if there's time, Frank Miller could do no wrong. Yep. Do you want Frank on a book right now? He's doing those variant covers. They're coming Marvel. out. Yeah. You want any of that? Yeah. I mean, Frank, I love you, but it's. I don't want I don't want Jack, great. I don't want Jack Kirby drawing anything right now. That would be scary. So You're hundred something years old. Well, yeah, that's, 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 he's dead. 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 Marvel would market it if they could do it. <laughs> they would market it back. But you know, Claremont coming back and writing Gambit and yeah. some of these other things. That's a neat flash, but you you don't want to give Marv Wolfman. I don't want to give him another Titans book and tell him you got ten years. Just don't. He, These things are yeah. very much a product of, of their time. And, and, and that's, you know... And you've not got me. the right writer, the right team yeah. at the right and, time. And I'm not yeah. a better writer than these. I am not a writer. I'm a consumer of the content. So going back to the X-Men, that's like, who was you... I know we're looking at... Who was your X-Men? I mean, if you, right, right now, if they come to you on Steven... 12 characters or how oh, yeah, no, who, who do you want in your ex no your it's, abso- it's absolutely the, the team that was established when I started reading the book yeah. so you've got it Cyclops is out um, so I started reading it when Cyclops was out but Storm's they were ref- the leader. Storm's the leader um, and Cyclops is referred to with a certain degree of reverence but also with a certain degree of scorn and then you've got that absolute for me absolutely brilliant issue where Cyclops is back he thinks he should take the X-Men Storm doesn't even have any powers X-Men 201 and they face off in the danger room and and I read that issue so many times absolutely loved it and who the hell is Madeline Pryor Eh, I'm sure it'll go somewhere someday but um, he's got a thing for redheads he's got a thing for redheads or does he I understand that yeah Um, but yeah it's that well redheads and Emma Frost (laughs) yeah That was later. It was funny, funny though, because you mentioned about um, Beast making a comment about the green outfit being her favorite. And the first thought that went through my mind is when Jean Grey discovered that Emma Frost has been dressing up in the Phoenix suit for Cyclops and Grant Morrison's run. They've done some weird stuff with them. Yeah, they do. The the, the Hickman deal. Did you see the. The they have the rooms. The yeah. map has yeah. Well, uh, yeah. like, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. Yeah, Jean yeah. Grey's a middle but thing, that and then she has really two connected. Anywhere, I kind of feel like they 
like, like they were going to slowly introduce this and see if people could go, no, 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 people aren't going for it. They're not going for it. Okay, no, it was back funny. Up, back like up, back they, up. they just, they just insinuate a polyamorous situation. So Jean's got the room with an adjoining door to, you know, go left, go right. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, she'll go left with uh, Cyclops. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, she'll go right with Wolverine. And Sunday is sandwich night. Well, there. <laughs> I remember there, there was some line somewhere about like Wolverine looked at Cyclops like, well, she's not around, and it was like, oh, oh, oh no, 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 hey, no, 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 okay, whoa. that's not okay. Not you two. Y'all aren't supposed to like each other. You Next, know, you're going to tell me that Paul Lind was. Nah, yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> but um, so here we are. So we're we're established. We've got an island. It's not just a, a secret. Uh, school in New York. Yeah, it's very. Or, there's a tree house in New York. Is an embassy. A deserted uh, town in the Australian outback, or or an island off the coast of San Francisco. We've got oh, an island. It's a nation unto itself. Um, you've got portal gates. You've got pharmaceuticals that are going to take the world by storm. <laughs> Um, and all of these, all of these really interesting things that make them. And now they're on the politics game. England is on their side. Oh, now Great Britain is not on their side anymore. You got Wilson Fisk showing up. Wilson Fisk showing up as an ambassador of some sort. That's and, it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's all all these interesting players. And it's the world stage now. And you've got Mars. We're going to colonize Mars. We can bring people back from the dead. Oh, possibilities, possibilities. It's the dream. Everything the X-Men have ever wanted is to be in a position where they've got all these possibilities. And that's really wonderful. And you think, well done, team. You deserve it. It's great. And about five minutes later, it's like, yeah, but this is, this is not, this is, this is Roseanne in that final season when they won the lottery. And all of a sudden it's like, with all due respect, I don't give a shit about you anymore no. because what attracted me is that you were talking, walking in the same blue-collar world that I live in. Now you've got millions. Whatever. You know, it's, 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 you don't want to think that success on that level is going to change your relationship, mm -hmm. but it certainly changes the relationship with the way that I, I, I connected to Roseanne as a TV show and connect to the X-Men as this. The thing is, one of the things that made Avengers versus X-Men kind of interesting is that right from the get-go, the X-Men, they're on the losing side because, well, it's the Avengers, of course. If the Avengers and the X-Men are gonna start scrapping, well, I'm sure the Avengers are right because they're the freaking Avengers. I mean, they've got Captain America for crying out loud. The X-Men have got that weird guy with the claws and that other weird guy with the tail and then that weird girl with the mohawk. Um, so that's, that has been my problem. And in the latest Hellfire Gala special, spoilers are plenty, folks. If you haven't read it, you really should. They take it all away. Yeah. And it's so much fun because it's so brutal. Everything is stripped. Every success, everything is ripped away from them. We're talking about Bendis, it's almost like a Bendis Avengers disassembled oh, event. That's, that's uh, actually, that's brilliant. That, yes, that's exactly what it is. And that's what the Avengers needed. Tear it all down and let's slowly build it back up. And 
hopefully, that's what's going to happen with the Xbox. I don't want to see them... I want to see them at their best. And the only time you see them at their best is when their life circumstances are at their worst. As someone who, on your recommendation, picked this up to look at it. Um, And once again, I, I ended up with it because of the George Perez variant cover i i enjoy what i and i i enjoyed this quite a bit um some of the some little funny nods in here where uh emma and cyclops are talking cyclops is in his 90s outfit for no good reason right um that's a lot of fun there's a little nostalgia there um learning about some of these uh, it's a little hard for me to follow some of these characters i don't know about um, jumbo Carnation. jumbo and but the whole idea that there are people behind the scenes and i won't spoil it about who's the the big bad in all this and that we were able to unravel everything so quickly yes now you're throwing me some red herrings because you have a dead character that's come back might be a mutant might not be a mutant uh, even even the discussion between her and professor xavier is you're what happens if you became an inhuman before your mutant power is kicked up i don't know and that's marvel covering its bases for the standpoint i sure. feel like that they always wanted her to be a mutant but why but do ba- they why do they want her to be a mutant so badly i don't get it i think i think at the time when they created her there was a i'm i'm this is speculatory conspiracy theory Territory. I'm going to say that up front. There was a time during Marvel Now mm-hmm. where Sam becomes Captain America the first time. Mm-hmm. Thor disappears and we've got Jane. Mm-hmm. The X-Men become something that they never were before, all non-Kirby-based characters. Hank Pym becomes Ultron, where the Kirby estate was very close mm. to Fantastic Four wasn't a Kirby State was going to get their rights back. There was some law where they were going to be able to take Mm. those characters that they created. You could use Steve Rogers, but not Captain America, or you could use Captain America, not Steve Rogers, where the entire... They just didn't sit down and go, you know what? I want to see Sam Wilson as Captain America. I think I want to call the X-Men something else. And it's, it's uncanny Inhumans. Even though Kirby had something to do with the Inhumans, they tweak that a little bit I think they were going to lose their characters lose the rights to these characters you didn't change Spider-Man Miles, this was, Miles was over in the Ultimate Universe Peter Parker didn't change mm-hmm. we lost Bruce Banner and we had Amadeus Cho Yeah. Miss <clears throat> Marvel couldn't be a mutant because they might lose the word once again, conspiracy theory, but there was this big shift where Marvel wasn't Marvel. If you go back to that time where right. before they started giving Kirby credit for the movies, so you're talking about the first Avengers movie, mm-hmm. all those characters were Iron Man was something. Well, Iron Man was a hologram. We had um, right. We had uh, oh Ironheart. Yep. Daredevil was just not around. There is that period of time. That's when she. That's when she popped up. Yeah. So you called her an inhuman. You didn't really call her that. Um, well, this first. was a, just just to interject though that you got to also remember this is the time period where Marvel was gaining success with its um, movies, 
And because Fox owned the, the rights to all things X-Men, it sort of seemed... They shifted away from it because they couldn't get the X-Men. Could, yeah, yeah, let's not put too much emphasis on these X-Books. That's right. This, well, let's that was happening everywhere. ramp up yeah. the Inhumans. Mm -hmm. We own the Inhumans. We start to tease them in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to do this uh, uh, event TV thing. Let's get it go. Problem with that is the Inhumans are not the X-Men. So had <laughs> Kamala Khan come about later... She very well may have um, uh, premiered as, as a mutant. But as it happened, they were really pushing the Inhumans thing at the time. Um, and that's... Uh, and, and both of them played into each other. And they I, didn't I, play I, into I think each other. There, there was, that was the same time that Bill Finger's story was getting a big push, too. Mm. And... Yeah. Because it... I, and, and, you know, the Seagulls estates, some of those, like... I know there were times when it said Superboy being used with permission by, but then that disappeared for a while, and then they started saying again. I think there was some creator-owned case that was going on that could have affected all of them in a well, way. Well, they settled. And, and, yeah. and they, they ironed it all out, but I think that's why you saw that big weird shift in Marvel. That's why she ended up over, uh, you know, Kamala ended up where she ended up. Yeah. But then they quickly pulled, they quickly didn't affiliate her with anything. She just became popular on her own. You didn't really... She was some girl that had power. You didn't really talk about it too much. I think Marvel was trying to protect themselves because then shortly after all that got settled, what did we end up with? Oh, we got Cat back. He might have been Hydra, but no, nah, we'll fix that. Hey, we got uh, we got Tony Stark back. We just brought him back from the dead. Okay, we're going to fix that. Yeah. Doctor Strange showed back up again. Banner popped back up. Yeah. You, you quickly... The X-Men was the stumbling block yeah. for them. They didn't really pull that together. But this... Go by, I digress. Going by this gala... Thing. I enjoyed that they're touching they on never, what they never really addressed was the uh, Professor X weird helmet. Like oh. he always seemed like in the House of X Powers of Ten, he had this sort of sinister air about him the whole time. You wondered and you who was actually under that helmet, and it, like that could have been something. Yeah. They never mm. really did anything with it. Even with this, like, like I was, I was hoping when I was thumbing through, I was hoping to see some sort of. Well, yeah, off on yeah, the yeah, you, you, you almost figured, and I've said this before. I, I figured he was closed up in a closet somewhere, and this was a clone or something like that that was being manipulated. Because when he when he started doing all the stuff, and he, he was very unprofessor like, yeah, and Magneto was very un Magneto like. Mm -hmm. Still, okay. you didn't want to mess with him. You did, but there was there always felt like. They were going to pull back the curtain and go, and they may still in this because there's a lot of intrigue in this issue. Well, I'm uh, I'm behind on I, I'm, I missed. I stopped reading at some point. I I, I think when um, Hickman dropped, I was like, this is a good time for me to drop. I think I tried one or two of the Dugan stories um, because I liked him on Marauders, but I just didn't stick with it. What happened to Magneto? Because he's not in this issue. I don't think. So Mag no Magneto. Um because they have the, the Quiet Council. Yeah. And because of certain decisions, certain situations, one of which involving um, Wanda Maximoff, um, another something to do with... Um, oh, gosh. It was something to do with the, the other world... 
excursion, I think. I may Correct. be wrong there. Yeah, maybe. But, but basically, yeah. the basically what Magneto retired. He was like, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go live on Mars. I'm gonna go live a life of solitude. I can't do this stuff anymore. I don't really want to. Okay. And you know. Um, oh, also the revelation about uh, the existence of Moira McTaggart. Um, because Emma Frost in, in Inferno, which, which wrapped up uh, Hickman's involvement with uh -huh. All Things X, is that the secret is out. Um, that Moira... People know that not only, is, not only does Moira exist, but that Moira has this mutant power that allows her to live multiple lives. And because of that and for reasons that are never entirely fleshed out she convinces Xavier and uh, Magneto we do we cannot have any precogs on the island which is why um. destiny is not brought back but they've dangled destiny in front of uh, Raven Darkholm uh, Mystique with Mystique you go and do these certain jobs for us and we'll push her up to the top of the the resurrection uh, list, with but but with, they never actually had any intention of actually doing it because um. Moira McTaggart um, doesn't want any precogs. So the thing is, is so Hickman's got this this start, this brilliant start, and it all starts to go well. And I believe that what happened was other people started to do really kind of got into the fun of it. So at some point. A decision had to be made. Do we just keep with what Hickman's plan was, or do we press pause on that plan and allow the Ed Brissons and the, 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 the Jerry Dugans and all the others, to the Teeny Howards, um, to be able to kind of do their own thing and, and, and explore and have fun yeah. with this sort of, you know, concurrent universe? And they decided to go with that. And I think that's probably the reason why Hitman was like, well, in that case, you don't actually need me. I don't, I don't need to be here. I'm going to go. Um, whether or not Fall of X, as it begins with the latest Hellfire Gala, Hellfire Gala number three, um, whether that falls in line with what Hickman's original plan was, I don't know. <coughs> I don't know that we'll ever know. But what I do know is it fits because... It, the dawn of X was we're building up and then whatever the middle bit was called what was it called it, it starts off with we have no no it's X House of it, it, no it is Dawn of X and then Dawn, Dawn of X happens X. after House of X Power and 10 and then we okay. have the, so House of X Power X of Swords or Swords of X there you or go something. and now it's full that's X. where they lost me yeah Swords yeah oh the, yeah the, when that. X of or Ten of Swords or X of Swords when that thing came out and I read that I was like Really? Yeah. This is like this all this build up, your big event, this is what you got? Yeah, it's kind of rambling. Um, but it's it's it it's an opportunity now to reset the status quo to where I think these characters work best. So I'm as excited now as I was well, when I learned that Hickman was first coming on the book. Well, I'll tell you, you know, after reading this, mm -hmm. and, and like I said, I, I like the attempt to rein it back in. I got the X-Men book after it. Yes. Because of this. And yes. read that. And that was very and, good too. And, and you know, trying trying to get me you know, get my feet wet a little bit. because um, I do wanna I do want a more self contained X Men universe. Yes. Um, 
I love all the kids over in New Mutants, but now they're my age. So what do you, you know, <laughs> you, you move them into the X-Men, you take them out of the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. that's, a, I, I'm also a diehard Claremont uh, Davis Excalibur group. Right. And that was, that was a lot of fun. We could do five hours on just the fun of mutants, but yeah. for, you know, for anyone listening to this, if they've, if the previous iteration of X-Men over the past two years has turned you off, this X-Men Hellfire Gala issue is a good starting point if you want to go, okay, I kind of, yeah. I, I see an element of what I don't like. There might be some tropes in here. I have a couple of speculations of what I think one or two things might be. I don't know how widespread the slaughter really is, but I think they've thinned out their ranks. This is a good jumping on point. Yes. Where as talented as Hickman is, he's a very complicated writer to try to follow. Yes. If you're not into binders and flow charts and um, um, having to sit and read it six times to get the core, because I'm doing that with Ultimate Invasion right now. Um, it that's I, I like I like it, but it's I don't like to I don't like to read a comic that's harder that you know I could rebuild my engine um, <laughs> easier with those instructions and sometimes some things Hickman does two, two issues in right that's right I, I am I, I, in fact before I came here today I reread the second issue brushing up on the rest of this but for those X Men fans who have longed for something closer to maybe what you remember or maybe. God bless you if you're one of those ones that showed up in 2005 or 2008 and you uh, didn't have an X-Men team that was worthy of your time. This might be something to give you a toe to dip your, you know, toe, a pool to dip your toe in and uh, give it a run because there are some interesting elements in here of other people who aren't mutants and how this affects, you know, the Avengers are there at the gala. You've got, you know, disgraced New York mayor, Wilson, Wilson Fisk. Fisk. Yeah. I still think he's a mutant just because, you know, anyone that's that big would have to be a mutant. But now he's seven feet tall in this book. I don't know what happened what? there, but he's, uh, he's, 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 big, he's a big, tall he's boy big now. He's yeah. still, uh, um, but the, if it made me go and pick up an X-Men issue afterwards, right. then... Some of y'all might want to give that a spin because I'm a hard sell on what's not my classic X-Men anymore. And uh, I'm, I'm down to I'm down to zero Marvel books right now. And with the new Captain America, I may pick this one up. I may pick up X-Men again. Um, I'm definitely gonna give Straczynski's Cap a try. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that goes. But I think I'm gonna pick up some Marvels again. I'm. It sounds like we're opposites. You're no DC right now, right? Or no, I am. No, you're I'm, DC. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. he, he's thinned out Marvel. Yeah, I've 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 thinned out suit, uh, DC a lot. This, yeah. this so. is a month that ends in T, so we're, we're the thin <laughs> out. No, That's, you, stop it. it it's right. the ones that end in R that get compli complicated on which publisher. Man. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I like I said, I, I'm I was able to take a little bit of a break. For, for a month or so because of night terrors mm. and then um, unfortunately we, we have a pretty decent supply in the stores so I was able to pop in a couple of days ago and scratch that itch and scratch that itch um, so there you go um, nice. yeah alright but 
Uh, real quick though, actually, just one right. last little sure. tweak when it comes to all things X, because I think this is kind of relevant as well. When I started reading the X-Men back in 1982, uh, I was there for the first issue of The New Mutants. Yes. Okay. And so as I was reading about the current adventures of the X-Men and reading about the original X-Men in the Marvel UK weekly form, I was also becoming acquainted with the New Mutants, who I loved. And I just fell in love with that team from the get-go. And then um, Bill Sienkiewicz's art comes and it's all of a sudden it's like... Wow, this was, you know, this is like listening to the Beatles, for, you know. And then um, time goes on, and New Mutants becomes, uh, excuse me, sorry, no, I'm over saying. And then you get X Factor, which I never really took to that well, but th I dipped in and out. Crossovers were really good for that. So, Fall of the Mutants, Inferno in particular, yeah, you could kind of dip in, and, and it was okay. And then New Mutants goes away and becomes X-Force. So uh, throughout what I'm getting at here is I've always, I'm perfectly okay with relying on, it can't all be one book. It, because I had um, Uncanny X-Men and then I had Marvel UK X-Men, which was the reprints of the old stuff. And then New Mutants, dipping in and out of X-Factor, um, dipping in and out of X-Force. The second X-Men title, Jim Lee's X-Men title, you know, um, came up. And, I, and I'm okay. Three, for me, I think is a, is a pretty healthy number mm -hmm. as long as each of those X-Books are very diverse. When you've got Uncanny X-Men, New Mutants, very, very diverse. Um, X-Factor, that was kind of a neat little weird thing. My stepsister actually loved X-Factor. And it was kind of funny because I wasn't reading X Factor. She, she was always like, "Damn it, Stephen! I'm finally getting into comics, and, and I'm reading a book, and it's a mutant book, but it's the mutant book you don't want to read." But that's not a strike. That's what I'm hoping, and I wish that Marvel would do. Don't give me, don't give me seven or eight mutant books a month that I need yeah. to. If you can whittle it, if we can just keep it to X Men, and maybe Immortal X Men, um, I kind of like X Men Red. That's okay. Maybe one or the other. Maybe a Wolverine, a good Wolverine. That's fine. But I can't do X Factor, X Force, Marauders, X Men, Uncanny X Men, Immortal X Men, Web of X Men, Spectacular X Men. You know, it just—it's too much. So, Legend of the X Men. Legend uh, of the, the X Men. Shadows of the X Men. So, the back of the book, there's a list of. Yeah, the upcoming Xbox checklist. The checklist. Ah, uh, okay. One of which it just threw me off. So one of the first mutants neutralized in this is they, they go after the Omegas. So they go after they go yep. after Bobby. They go after Iceman. Yep. But he's got he's got Iceman number one. I know that was out this week. Yeah, that's yeah. It's I, I, what are they doing? I know. See, this feels very much like a Kamala Khan. Uh, you know the death of Kamala Khan issue, where we all know she's already supposed to be in the, the thing yes. in two weeks. Yeah, so. poor Marvel with that. Poor, poor, poor Marvel with their solicitations. Who like we've got this four issue miniseries coming out, but we can't tell you what it is. 
<laughs> We're pretty sure it's a Kamala Khan. Oh, no, you don't know that for sure. <laughs> Wait yeah. till the Hellfire Gala. Yeah, we 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 don't know if we're bringing her back or not. Hey, isn't she in a movie? Shut up! I mean, she's just she's in a movie, right? And you just let her show come. <laughs> you just let her screening show out on ABC this week too. Ah, oh, she's dead. No, that's a, that's, 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 the two have absolutely nothing to do with Thank you for dropping in on the Multiverse Podcast. Please subscribe and give us a rating on your favorite podcast site. It makes a big difference to a new cast like ours. If you'd like to find us in person, our brick-and-mortar store is the Multiverse in Hearst, Texas. If you'd like to find us online, we are at www.multiverse.shop. See you next time.